When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome back to Grassroots Marketing here on CannabisRadio.com. And as we're kind of rolling ourselves out of the old, the MJ Business Conference coverage that we have, which I'm sure some of you are already catching that right now on the channel. And we appreciate you all checking in all the interviews that we did out there. And again, Sean Kelly was out there for us reporting from Vegas. And one of the folks we didn't get a chance to go and speak to on the show floor, but is joining us now post-mortem, is the founder and CEO of the first and only experience-based wellness app for purposeful cannabis consumption that is jointly and if you may remember this guest was on high society with paxton quigley back in the pandemic days in 2020 and we welcome back the co-founder ceo jointly david cooey david thanks for being back on thank you very much for having me so now as we bring you back on one of the things that's been point of center that you've been working on right now is well a number of things is the world's first purposeful cannabis consumption ai and so we you know got a chance to get them hear about the fact that you have now launched spark first of its kind model designed to help people find success with cannabis through purposeful construction uh, consumption excuse me and it's been you used hundreds of medically reviewed science-backed and data-driven articles published in jointly magazine over the past five years and on the app you have where you have a lot of more than a half million unique cannabis experiences shared where consumers have tracked their consumption in pursuit of their ideal experience kind of compartmentalize summarize for me what the intent of what spark a is going to do and if people want to go and use that if they understand what you know chat gpt does or a weed gpt what would you say would be the best way to explain this for those that want to use it yeah sure so so at, at the highest level what we're trying to do <clears throat> what we're trying to do is uh is make it easier for people to shop for to sell and to consume cannabis using uh using data and AI and a framework that you mentioned that we call purposeful cannabis consumption. So um, uh, Spark is available for anyone to talk to free in our consumer app. It's available iOS and Android. And what we've what we've basically done is if you've talked to uh, just the standard chat GPT and asked it some questions about cannabis, because it's trained on the sum of everything that's out there on the internet as of a certain date, it kind of has the stigma built into it. And it has some misinformation built into it. It, ha- it gives... It can give some bad answers and 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 lead people in the wrong direction um, from our testing, anyways. And so what we've done is taken a, a, that uh, uh, a language model uh, like ChatGPT and trained it with uh, the data that we have from our consumer app, all all anonymized, like people's names aren't in there, identities for sure aren't in there. Um, but at, in our consumer app, people people track their consumption, so they say this is the product I'm using. This was my goal for this, my intention for this session. Here's how here's how well the product worked for me on a scale of one to ten, and then they track what we call the uh, fifteen factors that can impact their res- results. Things like dose and time of day and time between doses and and you know set and set and setting the classic uh, things. And so we've taken all that data about cannabis consumption, best practices, and uh, and goal specific product performance, and taught it to uh, Spark, who's and who's now available in our app for folks to talk to. And so what we're what we're trying to build Spark into is a, uh, you know, a, a, in 
an AI guide to success to success with cannabis. So we, I think for, for a lot of people navigating cannabis consumption, especially when you're new is a, is a, you know, a difficult and, and challenging journey for, for some. And, and it's, I've heard some people say it takes 10,000 hours to really become an expert. So we're, we're hoping that through spark, we can, we can make that easier to make, you know, cannabis more, more accessible and more achievable for more people. So let me go ahead and just, uh, unpack a little bit of that. So now part of this is that as opposed to somebody that goes to a dispensary and they're talking to a butt tender instead, this is the actual users, the consumers that you've already validated and qualified because they've gone through the jointly app and they've responded or they've gone through, you know, other sites and you, you know, either anonymously pointed out their usage and what, what their normal treatment uses uh, for using cannabis and how they like to consume consume you're taking that and you're also taking embedding is also all these different research articles and reports that are out there to put everything together. So you have a very, a well-rounded, a well-informed and a well-studied research. I mean, it's investigating every little nuance of what's going on with people's cannabis consumption to give you the best possible answer as to what would be the best thing for you to consume. Yeah, right? exactly. We, uh, that's exactly right. We 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 want it to become a you know a trusted and reliable source of truth and source of information for um, for both consumers and for retailers. We have a we have a version of Spark called Spark Pro that we've made for bud tenders that were uh, we launched recently as well. Um, and and th- what's true about both of both the one for retailers and for for consumers is there's no pay to play. There's no like if it recommends you a product, it's not because somebody paid us to 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 recommend that product uh specifically or anything like that it's all organically here's 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 the best advice we can give you based on the best data that exists in the world in the industry about uh about product selection and about uh uh consumption best practices and um it's amazing now one of the things you did was (laughs) that you actually had a six-part series on jointlybetter.com about the theory of purposeful Cannabis consumption. And so I'm taking real quickly from what Cannabis Business Times reported on this. And it was said that, quote, cannabis consumed purposefully has the potential to enhance well-being and contribute positively to our lives. And you prove that the stigma against cannabis is unfounded. So one of the few places I can think of that has actually put, you know, real cognitive, you know, really detailed research, detailed feedback into this study. So now this is pretty significant. And I can't say that I don't know if there's been a lot that's been said about what this has done to help go against the stigma. So for instance, the fact you have this theory out here and I want to know what has been the response to those that have heard about this right here, that you have now a fully throated, this a research paper basically, or just, I don't even know how you, but it's almost like a thesis basically of proving your point. I mean, I don't know how much this would work in terms of trying to help, you know, if policymakers got to see this and they get the idea, oh, you know what? We need to go and change our minds of what we feel about this product, about, about cannabis itself, or those that are advocates, just to show, okay, here's everything that's here. And you went through and completely created where you're asking for a new language of conversation about cannabis as wellness. Talking about that cannabis habit is it can be a healthy one. It's all these things that, you know, anybody that wants to have this stigma, this could totally shoot down and discredit 
every bit of information out there against the stigma that is out there. So anybody that wants to go ahead and say that they want to call it weed or they want to go ahead and just say it's the entourage effect and the reefer madness stuff, you're getting rid of all that here. So talk to me what it took to go and create this theory and what has been done to get this theory out into front, in front of the right people to start changing their minds. Yeah. Good question. What's well, it was, it was super fun putting it together. Um, the, um, it's been very well received by everybody that that I've been able to get it out to so far, and and part of what we're doing now is trying to get the word out about the the work that we've done, so more people can 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 be aware of it. And um, it's something that I I wish I knew twenty years ago because I used to I grew up in the eighties with the stigma and I believed in it and I I I, I was I was uh, fully uh, wrong about cannabis for a good part of my life. But now this this theory basically proves that I was wrong and proves that the people who've been advocating for cannabis as medicine and cannabis as wellness uh, and cannabis as a force for good in your life. If you, if you consume it with intention, consume it purposefully, those people were, were basically, it proves that they were right all along. We, we started with the kind of mathematical expression of the stigma that you plus cannabis is less than you, meaning, meaning it makes you, you know, uh, lazy or it makes you a bad employee or a bad parent or a bad partner or a bad, you know, whatever, whatever it is, it was the stigma says that when you add cannabis to your life, you become lesser, right? And so, in in the in the course of developing jointly and the platform that we call uh, for purposeful consumption, we realized that in our data set of people choosing to use cannabis to make their life better, and we, we our app supports twelve different goals that cover ninety eight percent of the reasons why people consume cannabis: relaxation, stress relief, better sleep, pain pain management, creativity, all of those things. Um, people use our app to succeed at making their life better with cannabis. And so we realized that in our data was the proof that the, the stigma is false and that the opposite is tr true. So that if you, th that cannabis plus you is greater than you, if you, if you consume it, you know, with intention and consume it purposefully, that it's a, it's an additive uh, element in your life and, uh, and a, and a tool in your kind of wellness toolkit. That's just like eating well and stretching and meditation and, and 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 cannabis use to me they're all part of the same set they're they're a thing that you can you can add to your your life to make it better and so the, that uh um that theory although right right now it's published in six parts so we it's 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 not quickly quick and easy to digest but we cover um we cover uh the plant and that it produces a variety of effects we cover the different purposes why people use cannabis we cover um, the fact that cannabis affects everybody differently. And so you need to find the, the path for yourself that, that leads you to success. Um, and uh, we cover how you need, it's a, it's a cannabis, you need to, you need to create the conditions for success with it. So like, it's not, if you have anxiety and you're using cannabis, it's not like you just rub cannabis in your anxiety and it goes away. It's part of a holistic approach to, um, to making your life better. And so. Um, yeah, I invite people to check it out. It's uh, it's available for, uh, on our website, and and I've also got a substack 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 called Cannabis Uncaged, where we've got uh, uh, an updated version of it as well. And what I'm seeing right now, from what we're doing right now here at Cannabis Radio, you know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We've done a lot where it comes to exploring other areas of what I think when you're talking about having a new language, a new tone for wellness, I think you're hearing the term plant medicine a whole lot more than ever. And I think that's just becoming more prominent anyway, because psychedelics now is an area we're starting to cover in the last, this is the second year we've completed now. We're definitely embracing the talk about it. And we're definitely bringing on programming to talk about the various types of psychedelics to help in various lockstep treatments with cannabis and how they can be used hand in hand. What do you think about the fact that if there is, if plant medicine now, if that is the language we need to have, and should there be a bonding between whether it's cannabis or psychedelics or other, you know, normalities that are out there that are plant related, plant based. Right. Yeah. I think uh, cannabis and psychedelics do have a, I don't know, natural symbiotic relationship where they're, and there's something interesting about the word medicine that I like and that I don't like because medicine in our traditional Western sense, you have a, you have a symptom or you have a, 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 an issue and you take a medicine to fix it. And cannabis can be used in that way where, where you have a, a problem or a, an issue that needs to be dealt with and you take cannabis to help you solve it. But it also has this other side of it to me, cannabis and psychedelics and psilocybin where you, you can take it to, to a, a, you, you could be symptom free and and take it to improve your life and so in that way the word medicine is limiting a little bit in, in, in a small small way to me uh because it it and I, but i also don't like the word supplement because that word has been co-opted by the nutritional supplements industry and and now doesn't quite sound right but there's something about cannabis that is both a uh um a medicine and a supplement but somehow more than the two of them together i don't know that's why that's why i think that we need a language right. for it because we cool. we, we well, because medicine actually, when you bring your point, th- that's where it comes down to that medicine is defined in two ways, because it is talked about as a compound or preparation, use of treatment or prevention of disease, especially a drug or drug stigma mouth. But the other part is the science or practice of the diagnosis, treatment and prevention of disease. Right. Yeah. That's the only problem is that, is that medicine actually has two definitions pretty distinctive. And that's the thing that I guess everybody gets, gets the point. And, you know, sure, you can have other words you could use for it. You could call it therapeutics. You could call it therapy. You could call it, you know, you know, and then you have medication as opposed to medicine or a remedy or a cure. So like there's the way is presented the, the, the way to can put it out there as the best way to identify and to define it. That's one of the things I get, I can understand where maybe there's something better than medicine we can use or something else besides that, that would help to understand, make it easier to apply for those that, are just layman people. The other thing for layman people is, is the imaging. I mean, I'll put it like this. If you put someone in a conference, you know, say if it's a a business to business, consumer to consumer, 
what's the look of people that you're going to see out in the, you know, out there? Okay, say if it's adults, 18 to 45, whatever, 60 years old, whatever. What are they going to look like compared to those that you might see at a cannabis festival or at a conference or anything like that? Because are you going to see, is it going to be very much a counterculture? Is it going to be something that's very normalized? Can, because for us, for cannabis to get rid of the stigma, cannabis has to be mainstreamed. And unfortunately, that means that corporate America is going to get themselves involved in it. You know, big farmers going to get themselves involved in it. What happens then? Because that's the part I think we want to get rid of the stigma. I think it's one of those areas that we don't even think about that. That is what's going to have to happen eventually. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I, I think that, you know, I appreciate the people that go to cannabis conferences and festivals and, and, and certainly, uh, and, and the culture and the history, but I, th- I agree that to make it, um, to really, because there's there's destigmatizing, which is which is just to get rid of a bad thing, and then there's elevating it to its proper place. And I think to elevate to 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 elevate it to its proper place, it has to be um, uh, acceptable for for anyone, no matter what they look like or how they dress, or you know, to to be consuming cannabis. And I think they do, and I think a lot of people are are quiet about it about their consumption because when you look at the percentage of the population that that consume cannabis and consume cannabis regu- regularly, it's I mean. I think the cannabis consumer out there looks a lot like your, you know, your neighbor and your coworker and your your friend and your mom, and a little bit less like the the front row at a string cheese concert, you know. But sometimes um, you can't really get people, certain companies and certain people that can't get themselves away from the fact that let's put a green leaf on everything. Let's go and make mm-hmm. sure we have, you know, oh here's the psychedelic kind of stuff. Here's this, you know, look of like something from the '60s. I guess this right. whole thought, but like you have to have things that you know that still placate because. It's familiar to people. People know what it means by cannabis, but if you put that out there, then there's a part of the instruments, you know, the device we're using to consume because if you're using a blunt or if you're using, you know, rolling up or whatever it is, it's going to look like a cigarette. So you're thinking about tobacco. If you're thinking about vapes, well, what about vapes that are tobacco-based or nicotine-based? The same idea. So people that are there, it's like everybody's attaching to other areas. So it's not like we're distinguishing, you know, the culture. The culture still kind of stays where it was. And then the instruments that we're using to consume is nothing different than tobacco or, you know, just whatever it is. Like that's the other part that's there too. Even with the beverages in some cases, you would look at it as more like like alcohol. So like mm-hmm. there's still other vices that are out there. This is still considered right. a vice to many people. And the stigmas are going to be put out there because of who they associate is going to be taking those, uh, taking cannabis. There's not enough people that you just see that are everyday professional, well-minded, well-grounded, you know, sharp intelligent just you don't see you still see the part that is easier to go and show instead of showing it just being just something normal but Mm -hmm. you can't market it if it's normal so what is there you can do right that's a tough one i mean we we, as we've worked on kind of you know our messaging or branding as you call it uh, uh, for jointly we've tried to we've tried to bridge that gap a little bit between uh um, between the old perceptions and a new reality, basically, like where, where, like, if somebody's using our platform to track their consumption, for example, like, they know through the analytics that we provide them that that their cannabis consumption is making their life better, and they're not experiencing side effects, that it's a positive thing in their life. And so we're hoping that, you know, gives people confidence to 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 share their, you know, their techniques and their lifestyle with others to just kind of slowly broaden the the base of people who find it acceptable um 
but I think it's going to be a long road. It's a, we have a lot of cultural history to erase and reverse, I think, before before it becomes normal. But but uh, but hitch, hitching you know, on, on problem. But the pioneers, the the elders, those the OGs here, they don't want us to forget that. Right. Yeah. There's a little tug in that direction as well. But then I think that limits its the impact it can have on people in society if it, if 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 it doesn't become more broad. So. I mean, it's going to be brought to that forefront at, at some point. So that's the part where you bring up a great point for people to understand the way that cannabis is presented, marketed, branded, all that's going to be taken into account. And that at some point, what has been the way that people have kept, you know, the legacy of cannabis, what it is, it's not going to be all high times and reefer madness anymore. It's, it's going to be something else. It's going to change. It's, it has to evolve if it's going to go ahead and continue to go forward. Plus, I mean, for people to go ahead and say, okay, if you if you knew that cannabis and policymakers were going to legalize, if you changed it and you made it look more medical, more medicine-like, and you got rid of all these dispensaries of the way everything was green leaf and this and that, and everybody's all like, you know, some kind of culture that looks like something out of Woodstock. If you're willing to go ahead and get rid of all that just to get it legalized, would people, would people go and accept that? Would that be something that would say, Okay, we want to be able to consume it. At what point do people want to just say, listen, I want to be able to consume. I don't need to be part of the lifestyle, but like everybody needs to have a chance to go and do it, but they don't need to go and live the cannabis lifestyle. They just want right. to be able to enjoy it. Yeah, we've looked at, you know, if, if you look at the percentage of consumers that engage in those other activities, as I mentioned earlier, like meditation and yoga and yeah. stretching, just other wellness type activities. If you look at the percentage of people that do that, and say, well, could we someday get cannabis to that level of adoption in society? Not compared to alcohol or cigarettes and else, but compared to what percentage of the people in the country meditate or go to yoga or exercise regularly or et cetera. I, I think the industry could be five times the size it is today um, with, without any change to the laws. If just if people, if we could get people to adopt it at that same rate and, 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 uh, um, but uh, I think what we I have, think the only way to get there is one step at a time. <laughs> I, this is like a political term, but like I think we have a silent majority. Yeah, we have a silent majority of those that are consuming cannabis, but we can't say anything. We can't really make a big point about it. We don't want to point it out. Like, oh, we can quietly sit around circles, you know, around close friends and all, and you know, their own homes. But it's one of those things where there is a minority that is part of, and I think that's the part where I think. That companies are also trying to play to that because they like, well, that's the part we always had. Like, I mean, I remember all the shows we had right after pandemic, all these different cannabis relations. Oh, it's cooking this and that. No, no, no. Listen, there has to be some point where the silent majority is going to be noticed and, and just say, listen, we don't need to go in position or place it all the time like we do right now. And maybe at some point, you know, the way it's been positioned before and how people might have consumed it before, it's just changed. If you want to move forward as an industry, it's going to have to normalize. You're going to have to embrace the mainstream. You're going to have to embrace the silent majority. That's where mm -hmm. I think it is. I really didn't think about that until now. Yeah. No, but I think you're right. I mean, if 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 it gets 57% in Ohio, I mean, this the majority is uh the silent majority is is yeah. is is large if if it, especially if it's that far in Ohio. Imagine if we revoted for legalization now in California or Colorado. Um uh it would probably be like 85 15 or something like oh, that oh yeah <laughs> but i think that's one of those things where like if you want to go in and, and 
bring it so that everybody can go ahead and embrace it. It's time for a crossroads to the industry to realize we can't just keep going this route and saying, okay, let's just put out green leaves everywhere. Let's just keep going with that because it works. But I mean, I don't think it's getting, I think you're just going back for the same loyal base of users and those that will adopt because it's a generational thing. But what about everybody else? That's the part I think that people need to realize and understand. Okay. We can't just oh roll up a smoke a joint anywhere. Like it's just that, the messaging, the tone does need to change down the line. And I think that's where this theory of purposeful cannabis consumption, I think the attention you make to where you're using a better term than medicine and going more towards the, I would like to say plant wellness. I like, I think do like that plant wellness idea. Mm -hmm. And that's the other thing too, is also not just plant medicine, but plant wellness. I think there's also that that's a better position to take. And I think that's where you go. I think that's what has to be what has to be understood what's here. Plus, the people that are plant wellness minded are the ones that are participating in what's being put into Spark AI in the first place. Right. Yeah, for sure. And that's what I want the theory to do is it like the it's a backstop where if if you if you run into somebody who doesn't understand it or still believes in the stigma or thinks it shouldn't be more use shouldn't be more widespread we can we can prove to them now that 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 uh, the stigma was false and that the opposite is true and we've got data and i you know welcome anybody who still be- believes in the challenge to to, to, to or the stigma to challenge that data it's, it's pretty pretty solid and pretty convincing um that uh that cannabis consumed purposefully is is a, is a is, it is plant wellness it is plant medicine like like you were saying and if i'm right you do have a study. You do have uh, like basically a survey you've already done with those users to the app and those that have responded in other ways. You already have a way to know exactly like you have a breakdown already so far of those and what how they participate outside of just consuming cannabis. You have that kind of information. If that's something you can put together into a report, I'd love to be able to see what that tells you, and because it will, it, if it does identify a silent majority because i think that's another direction you can go with the information you're already getting right now on the app that data if you're able to go ahead and put out another survey that people might volunteer to just say okay here's some of the things that we want to know if you participate and how you embrace the culture or embrace you know just you get an idea of who is in the stigma and who's not Mm -hmm. and i believe whatever numbers you come up with i think you're going to get that solid majority i think you're going to realize you know people are not so much into like what they what you think of this is it's like I don't think people are so caught up into that like people want to say that is. That if you see somebody on the street, you might not know if they are a cannabis user or not, but that's okay. We want it to be anybody and everybody. Right. I agree. So that's where I'm coming from. I think that's one of those parts where you had mentioned this, you know, we've been talking about this, even going back to when you talked to Paxson before about the the ignorance of, of, of the stigma and trying to get through that. I remember we had that interview about that, and that was one of the things that was important. That's what I got as a takeaway from that. So I'm glad that you put this together. We have this now. And, you know, also just creating another product that really just helps to get more people engaged into one they're going to have cannabis. And because you know what? Maybe they don't feel comfortable going always into a dispensary or having to go and ask a bud tender who might just have their own set opinion on what they want. So you go through there and you figure it out. But again, Spark is it within the Jointly app, again, for Google Play. And the Apple iTunes store, it's all set up in there. You also have the magazines also at jointlybetter.com, jointlybetter.com. And real quickly, 
for those that want to go ahead and get in here and give an idea of what they want to do in terms of, you can also do some shopping in there. So as people go to the website, they go find the app. What else should they do to continue to be part of jointly and what they should be doing to get themselves involved? Yeah, I mean, within the app, uh, you can do all kinds of things with Spark. You can help. He can help you choose the best products for your goals. So it's it, it uses the data of over a half million reflections that consumers have used in our app to to match people with the right products for their goals. Uh, it can help you. Uh, there's a dose optimization feature where it can help you find the right dose. Um, if you're new to cannabis, it can help you create a plan for getting started. Um, um, and uh, and and base that base you know base your plan based on your own personal circumstances, your own goals, your own preferences uh, to you know personalize your journey. And then and then the the all of it and jointly gets fed by user reflections. So we have a button at the bottom of the app that says add reflection, and that's where you that's where you um, for a particular dose or a session of cannabis, you know you 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 pick the product you use, you rate how well it helped you achieve your goals and you track your, 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 your session. And then that both benefits you as the user, because you get analytics that give you tips for improving your consumption and that, that data you contribute benefits the whole community because it inform it makes spark, you know, smarter and, and better at helping everybody else basically. Fantastic. David, I really appreciate you talking to me about this and, you know, pretty good idea to have this as we're recording this towards the end of the year the mindset of what the canvas community and the industry itself can be doing right now to embrace and to really just diversify the marketing, the messaging, the branding that's out there. I think this is a great conversation. The fact that, listen, I think we put it on a couple of things. If we start using a little more terminology like plant wellness to really get the word out there and encompass, you know, the importance of cannabis as really as just the end really as a medicine, but in the sense that it is a treatment as opposed to, you know, a, a dosage. And then on top of that, we go into the part where there is a silent majority that needs to be tapped into. There's an, a, a base of users that are not being targeted exactly by some of the branding and messaging that's out there. It's time to go and change that as well. Plus, I also, and I will keep saying this over and over because this is going back, you know, four or five years ago when we were doing our own conference series the United States Cannabis Conference and Expo. I said, the portrayal on how the media decides to go ahead and portray cannabis, we need to realize that, you know, there's been no change, no bumping through that, but we need to go ahead and find a plan on how to go ahead and circumvent the mainstream media's message. That's constantly just hit pieces, constantly just, you know, bringing people on that might go ahead and talk about cannabis that are just not going to be able to go ahead and handle up against the seven-minute window of time they're going to have as to where some said pundit's going to go and say something on camera that's going to trigger the guest and then they're going to lose that argument because it's, I mean, even though the, they might have valid points they're going to get lost in the fact that the perception is going to be oh this person got upset because he said one thing and then they you know the host is going to look like the the winner of the argument of the debate that's where it comes from with me these are areas i think that should be considered that people need to be aware of and i like that we talked about this david thank you so much for being on with me about this and thank you for the conversation yeah, thank you very much for having me. That was fun. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.